Welcome to the 105 Way Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia. And your co-host, JL. And on this episode, we have author Alan T. Black. Alan, (laughs) how are you today? (laughs) I am doing well. How are you guys doing this evening on this fine Saturday night? We're doing absolutely fantastic. Uh, we, We know that you're up in Nebraska, and so... We're uh, down here complaining about 58 degrees, 60 degrees, but what was it like up that way? You know, for the last three or four days, it hasn't been too bad. It was actually about 55 today. Now, unfortunately, on Sunday and a week ago, it was probably about 10 degrees or five degrees. So, and it snowed a little bit. That's actually... A little bit earlier than usual okay. as far as the cold temperatures. But now that we're past Thanksgiving, between now and, say, Christmas, anything is subject to happen. I was driving back home this afternoon. It was 55 and people were golfing today. <laughs> now, this weekend, though, it could be back down to 5 or 10 degrees. So right. our weather will fluctuate tremendously between now and Christmas. But then after Christmas, it's just straight cold weather. Just oh my cold probably the end of March to be about the middle of April, somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's funny, too, because Patricia grew up in, in Ohio. I grew up in New York. So we're very familiar with cold weather. But I think Texas has spoiled us for the past going on two years. Uh, so, I don't I, yeah, I don't know if we can go back to that. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all can't go back. It's too late now. It's too late. <laughs> but with that being said, so tell our listeners about yourself. So things like where you're from, what you do for a living, and then go into how the idea of writing came to mind. Well, my name is Alan T. Black. I am from Omaha, Nebraska. For those people who are geographically challenged, shall we say, Nebraska is smack dab in the middle of the country. Omaha is a pretty good sized city. Contrary to belief, there are no longer cows and Miss Kitty and Marshall Dillon are not walking up and down the streets in Nebraska or even <laughs> Kansas for that matter. So, uh, the city of Omaha is probably about what the suburbs of about half a million right in there. So it's pretty urban. I've lived here most of my life. I lived here in Atlanta for a while. Uh, let's see, Denver, outside Chicago, uh, spent a little bit of time in Texas, spent a little bit of time on the East Coast, and then eventually came back here to Omaha, Nebraska. So I've been here for probably the bulk of my life. Uh, as far as what I'm doing, I'm proud to say that right now I'm retired. And so I've Congrats. been retired off and off. Yeah, trust me, when you get to the age of retirement, you've earned it. Trust me, y'all have some good things to look forward to. But just a word of advice from an old guy, an OG. When you do retire, I promise you, you're going to be busier than you were when you were working your eight to five or running your own business. I promise you that. (laughs) Because I've been retired for about 10 years now. And I can honestly say that I'm, I'm busier now than I was when I was working. In fact, I really find myself at times wondering how I was able to work 40 plus hours a week and do everything else I was doing. But I think what we do as human beings is we adapt and we just kind of pivot and we just keep it keep it moving. And so that's just how you kind of do it. My professional career was working at the college level. I worked as an academic advisor 
uh, recruiting and retention specialist for the teacher college, the College of Education. I uh, did that for 14 years. And I tell you guys, that was really a major, uh, major blessing because it gave me a chance to work with college students and try to get them from day one of being a freshman until the point where they graduated and walked across the stage with their degree. So, and to do it in the education field for teacher education, it was really a great experience. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. And for me to go into that, having left the corporate world where the money was much better to go into teacher education, I'm looking back now and I realize that realistically, that was something that God positioned me to do, to lead the corporate world and to go into teacher education. And once I got into the university, started working there after two weeks, I'll never forget, guys, I looked around the campus and I looked at where I was standing. And I said, you know what, God, this is where I need to be. I'm in my season now. I was really, really happy that I made that move or God had placed me in position to make that move. So. It's amazing how things will happen in your life and you don't necessarily foresee what's going to happen. But working as a college advisor was more than, say, just helping students pick out their classes and things like that, because I was actually, and this was in the 90s through the early 2000s, was probably actually doing life coaching before there was such a thing because working with students, trying to just get them to understand is greater than the academics, teaching them how to have balance as far as you can't work 50 hours a week and then try to take 18 to 21 hours academically and think it's going to work. And sometimes they would look at me and say, well, how would you know? I was like, well, I wasn't born old, okay? <laughs> I went to school in this position, okay? So I've been there and I've done this. So a lot of it was really about me just trying to pass along my experience, my life experiences. And I look back now and I realize that I kind of patterned how I interacted with my students after some people who helped me when I was in undergraduate school because I was there, I was floundering at times, but there was always somebody there to encourage me and to keep pushing me along. So when I got to the level of working at the university starting at age 42, I said, you know what? This is my time and my season to give back because somebody did it for me when I was 19 to 20 years old. So it, it was a blessing. So that was my professional background. Now, as far as, say, the writing side, I guess my story is kind of convoluted in a lot of ways because, as I was telling Jason this morning, my writing as an author did not really begin until 2015. Prior to that, all of my writing as such has been from the music side because I'm a lyricist. I'm the guy that writes the stories, the lyrics that you hear in a song. So I started doing that product back in 75 or so for people keeping score. Yeah, there was life back in 1975. I mean, may not have been no internet or cable TV or whatever, but hey, we got along the best we, way we could. But as a lyricist, I started writing in 75 and collaborating with people in genres from gospel to what was then soul and funk. And over the years, I've even branched out into experiment with some country. Now, my friends look at me and say, okay, well, you grew up urban, you came up out of the projects, what do you know about country music? And I said, well, from a writer's perspective, what you have to do when you create a story, 
you have to look at the best way to express that story. So the two songs that I've done, say, in the country genre, the storylines were created in a manner whereby I identified country as the best vehicle to express the message I was conveying in each of those songs. And so friends will look at me like, well, that's kind of weird. I said, well, not necessarily because a story is about what's being told. The music is kind of like what's on top. It's the cherry on top. And I've also pointed out to them the fact that, okay, if you might have some disdain for a particular genre of music, I want you to think about the fact that when Whitney Houston was singing, um, I Will Always Love You, don't lose sight of the fact that it was Dolly Parton who wrote that song. Okay. So she was the one that did that. I even went back to, say, the 70s when Al Green was doing a song called For the Good Times. And my friends were like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's Al Green's song. That's his original joint. I said, no, it's not. There was a gentleman back in the 60s by the name of Ray Price who did the song Country. And then Al Green came along and he converted and made it an R&B song, one of his best songs ever for the good times. So that's really where my writing has its origins. So like I said, I had done that for probably 30, 35 years or so. But then a really strange thing happened in 2015. I had been retired probably about two or three years by that time, just working part time uh, at a hotel, just kind of doing reservations and stuff like that. Really just keep myself busy. And so God really began to move me in a whole new direction because he had me start writing from the perspective of being a Christian author. And I can honestly tell both of you that that was not something I was planning on doing because I did not see myself as an author. I could see myself writing from a lyrical base as far as music was concerned, but to be an author, it was something I never considered doing. In fact, I was that guy, truthfully, who would tell other people, well, I could see you writing a book and you know, one day you should think about writing a book. I was saying about three or four other people, never thought about myself, never thought about myself doing this. So in 2015, I started, I guess you could just call it just freestyling when I was writing and everything. So my writings, as far as my first book and all three books, the first book is called Here I Am Lord, which I released in 2017. And my stories are very reflective, they're very personal, and they're usually about two or three pages to a chapter, and a lot of people consider them inspirational. Uh, just to give you an example, one of my first short essays from my first book, Here I Am Lord, is called Can You Hear Me Now? And I was kind of copying off of that commercial, I think it was AT&T that had a commercial, Can You Hear Me Now? for cell phones. And so I was writing from the perspective of, can you hear me now? And what I was getting to as far as our walk as Christians is, God is saying to us, can you hear me now? Are you really listening? Have I got your attention? And so that was a personal reflection because when I began to transition into becoming a Christian author, he was telling me, can you hear me now? Now I've got your attention now. Now it's time for me to have you go and do what it is I want you to do. And it was such a foreign experience to me that I remember writing the first couple of chapters for the first book, Here I Am, Lord. I remember I, I wrote, I was doing all this at work because it was slow in the morning, like at six in the morning because there's nothing to do. And so I remember I got up and went to get some water, came back to my desk, and I couldn't remember what I'd written. And it scared me because I'm not used to writing in a format where I can't recall what I've written. 
but I would literally write something and then 10 minutes later, I couldn't remember what I was writing. And it scared me. I'm going to tell both of y'all, it scared me half to death because I had to call a friend of mine who was a pastor. And I said, okay, bro, what's going on? Because I don't write in this capacity. This is not who I am. And I said, I'm writing these short inspirational stories. And after I finished five or 10 minutes later, I don't remember what I wrote. It's like I'm reading it for the first time. And so he was telling me, he said, well, Alan, are you going to be obedient to what God's calling you to do? I said, "Mm, yeah, I guess. And, And I said it like that because honestly, again, this was not something I wanted to do. This is not my my passion as such. So I kind of said it that way, kind of halfway, yes, halfway, no, because I didn't really want to do it. But he said, why don't you just be obedient and see where God will lead you and see where he will direct you. And so I just continued to write throughout 2015 into 2016. And then in 2017, I began to connect with some people to really help me to get my book together, I'll be honest and tell everybody, I had no idea about formatting a book, uploading a book way over my head because as I told Jason this morning, I'm 67 now, okay? So when I started this, I was 60 years old. So I come from the era of typewriters and microfilm that you had to go look and research in the libraries. That's my era. And so when you're talking about now uploading stuff and everything, I was like, okay, well, this is over my head. But I was able to hook up with some people through Fiverr who were able to format the book, get the covers done and everything, and they got it uploaded to Fiverr. And I'll never forget, guys, the first Friday in May of 2017, I logged on to Amazon and my book was there. And I was totally blown away because I could not believe that I was an author. And particularly since it was not something that I wanted to do. I had no intentions of doing this. And I was so naive to what was going on that when my friends found out, they said, ooh, I want to get your book. I want to come to a book signing and have you sign my book and get a picture. And I was like, what's a book signing? I, <laughs> I, I didn't know. Patricia, I didn't know. They were like, you have to have a book signing. So I came home and I Googled it and I thought, okay, isn't a book signing for like those people that really write books and have all these people come? And my sister was like, uh, you wrote a book. People want you to sign it. So you're an author. I was like, oh, okay. I guess I'm an author. So it's been a growing process for this seven years to go from one book and then to my second book, which is called In the Spirit Intended. And I had no intention to write that book. Actually, after book number one, I said, well, God, this is good. So you got a book out of me. I want to go back and start doing my music again. So thanks for everything. And I'm going to go back and do my own thing. That didn't work. God just, he humored me. He didn't pay me any attention. And he directed me to do the second book. In the Spirit of Intended, which I released in 2019, um, I was floored to find out in July of 2019, it did well enough that Amazon recognized me as a best-selling author, which is still mind-blowing. I, I can't believe it. And then in 2022, I've released my third book, which is called Just a Closer Walk, which is an ebook. So it's been a journey for seven years that 
I never expected to take, guys. And one thing I, I can share with the audience is that whatever your calling is, if you're just going to be obedient and try to answer your calling and, and step out and move forward on faith, you really have no idea where this is going to lead you. And I'll give you a great example. I mean, we're interviewing tonight. Now, in 2015, if you told me about doing interviews on Zoom or whatever, I thought Zoom would have been like an airplane or something like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or I, somebody would have said, well, you can interview through technology. I'd have been like, what are you talking about? Are you talking about Star Wars or something like that? So the growth and the transformation I've experienced in the seven years has been, it's been amazing. It's amazing to the point where now people are asking me for my advice. And I keep thinking, how did this happen, God? I had no intention of being an author, and here I am seven years later with a third book out. People are asking me for advice. Uh, I have one of my students who was my undergraduate student 20 years ago. Uh, we're connected on Facebook, so she's been reaching out saying, hey, uh, would you be willing to help me? Uh, can you encourage me? She said, well, do you remember me? I said, well, yeah, of course I remember you. I mean, she was a dynamic student. So the technology piece of Facebook has been great because some of my students are authors as well. And of course, I have to buy the book because they say, hey, Mr. Black, you got to buy my book. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. That's how it works. Yeah, it was like, well, you were my advisor and everything. And so you really pushed me through. So you got to support me now. And I'm like, man, it's been 20 years. Are y'all still bugging me? But I guess it's a blessing in a way. So but it's been great. And so I continue to move forward. I continue to write. And I've really taken the attitude now that in the process of this journey and the transformation, I'm just going to let what happens happen and trust God to see where it is he's going to take me for the next part of this journey. It's been uh, one of my last chapters. The last chapter in my book is called Journey Unexpected. And I entitled it that because none of this was something I had planned to do. I had no desire to do this whatsoever. So it's been it's been almost surreal in a lot of respects as far as what I've experienced in this seven-year period. And your journey is just it's just amazing. And I'm glad that you were able to be on the podcast and share that with our listeners because they may be going through what you started out with mm -hmm. as far as, you know, you, you thought you were gonna be, you know, writing lyrics, but it turned, you know, things changed. Yeah. Um, going back to what you had said, you said you had a lot of people asking you, what's some advice? Can you share one or two pieces of advice that you have now that you have been down the author journey um, for people that want to begin but don't know where to start or that are maybe at the beginning stages of writing their book? What's some advice that you have? Well, first of all, because of technology, and I had to learn this as a part of this journey, the writing portion of it, we can overcomplicate it because I was telling a friend of mine a few years ago, I said, don't make it harder than it has to be because he said, well, he drives for a medical delivery service. He wants to write a book. But he said he's on the road 12, 13 hours a day. So I said, bro, you're overcomplicating this. Use your cell phone. 
use your cell phone just to record a little bit each and every day. And he kind of looked at me like, well, that makes a lot of sense. I said, our generation, my generation, we were used to doing things the hard way. This generation, y'all's generation now is with technology, it's about streamlining things and making them simpler to accomplish. So I would tell aspiring authors, first of all, use the technology. Use your phone, even if you just record a little bit each day. Over a period of time, you will have enough to then come up with the content for a book. And here's something else I had to learn as well. I have another student. She's written two books as well. She's written children's books for young African-American girls. Well, both of her books are like 20, 25 pages with illustrations and everything. Really, really beautiful. And so I've been trying to tell people, don't get hung up on your book being 25 pages or 80 pages or 100 pages. That's not what's important. Uh, a friend of mine who's a pastor, uh, about a year and a half ago, he said he had writer's block because he only had like 150, 200 pages. And I was like, bro, you don't have writer's block. That's not what this is about. I said, don't get hung up on the fact that it's not four or 500 pages. Right. That's not what's important. It's about the content and the quality and the message that you're conveying. And he was like, oh, he said, so my book doesn't have to be 500 pages? No, because in a time such as these, most people are not going to sit down and read a book that's 500 pages. That's just the reality. And so I've been telling people that, okay, do those kind of things. And then a third piece of advice would be, Use your resources. Play to your strength. As an example, for me, the writing side of this, that's my flow. That I, I, I do that. I'm blessed to say I do that. doesn't bother me. Uploading, margins, photos, that's out of my league. But what you have to do is you learn to create a collaborative environment so that you're doing your thing, but you have connected with that other person or parties who can then come in and they can do the things that you're not really good at. Social media was not my thing. I had to learn how to do the Facebook. I had to learn how to get on Instagram. Uh, I'm old school. I'm 67. So my social media person here in Omaha was like, okay, so when you're looking at the number three, above that, you see a little symbol I said, yeah, that's the number sign. She said, no, that's not the number sign anymore. And I was like, what do you mean? It's the number sign. <laughs> she said, no, we don't use that for the number sign anymore. And I was like, well, why not? She says, because we have changed. It's now something else. I was like, well, you can't do that after 40 years. She said, yes, we can. <laughs> yes, we can. So I had to learn. And she was also teaching me. This is going to sound weird, but I just, I'm just i a transparent guy. She said, Alan, when you finish a sentence, you only need to put one space after a period. Y'all, I looked at her like, what do you mean? 
I've always done two spaces because that's what I was taught back in 1969 and 1970. Yep, that's a big one. That's a big one. That's a really big one for a lot of our authors. (laughs) And she told me, she said, you just need one space. And I was like, oh, my God. I was traumatized. I know it sounds silly, but when you have done that for like 40 plus years, and then they say you don't have to do it anymore, you're looking around like, well, I don't know how to operate anymore. Right. It, it, it's weird, but you play to your strength and the things that you're not good at, that's where you create the collaborative environment. And don't be afraid to reach out to ask for help, uh, particularly for the brothers who are going to write. Don't go into it with the attitude that I know everything, because you don't. Don't let the male pride thing get in the way and feel like you can just prove to everybody you can do it. Chances are you're going to mess it up. Put your pride aside and say, you know what? If I'm going to get the best product I can, I have to do so by working with people who are experts in this particular area. My social media person continues to teach me, and I had to learn slowly but surely. I had to learn what Instagram was. I thought she was talking about instant coffee or something when she first talked about it. Patricia, I'm 67 years old. You got to remember what you're dealing with here. She said, do Instagram. I'm like, is that like tea or coffee? She was like, no, it's social media. I was like, I've never heard of it. She said, well, I'm going to teach you how it is. So she's now teaching one of my best friends from college I used to work with. He's 68. And he's like, he's like, Alan, what's this Insta stuff? I said, you're going to have to learn how to do it, bro. You have to learn because you have to adapt or you get left behind. Absolutely. That's where we are in 2022. Yeah. And it doesn't really matter what, you know, what time you're in or 10 years from now, same thing's going to happen. 50 years from now, same thing's going to happen. But, you know, asking for that help and realizing that you don't have to. And this that's actually one of our author advice videos is not focusing on I need to get to 80 pages or I need to get to 150 pages and to just focus on the actual content itself. So very, very great point. Um, listen, Alan, it's been fantastic having you on the podcast. You have dropped a whole bunch of gems. Can you let our listeners know one more time the title of each of your books and where they can find it? My website is Alan T. Black. Dot com, which is A-L-A-N-T-B-L-A-C-K.com. And as far as uh, my books, my first book is called Here I Am Lord. The second book is In the Spirit Intended. And the third book, which is an ebook, is called Just a Closer Walk. And if they go to my website, look at information on each of my books, the chapters in my book, y'all, are about two or three pages. It's very reflective. Everybody that reads the book says, you know what? You are really down the earth. You're just a regular guy. I said, I'm not that smart. Trust me, I'm not, I'm just a regular person. So they like the fact that my writing style is down the earth. It's not denominational. It's about relationship. That's what it comes down to. I'm also on Instagram. Popping my shirt because I'm on Instagram now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's Alan T. Black 55. And that's my Instagram handle. So uh, I would say to everybody who wants to be an author look, if I can start this at 60 years old, having no clue what I was doing, and seven years later have three books, there's no reason in the world you can't do it. 
but you've got to step out on faith and make it happen and connect and collaborate with people because it's all about strength and numbers. That's the whole ball game, everybody. I promise you. Amen. Nice. Amen. Yes. That. That's some some great advice you have you have preached to us today and yes. our listeners. And our listeners. Thank thank you so much again for being on the show. This has been the 105 Way Podcast. You can tune in every Sunday at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time. Talk to you soon.